0: صلى الله والسلامه عليه أما بعد يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها ثم أما بعد الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام والسنة All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the sunnah We continue going over the tremendous book by the Fadil al-Sheikh al Alama Imam bin Baz rahimahullahu ta'ala The book which is entitled دروس المهمة لعامة Ummah. Important lessons for the general masses of the Ummah, for every Muslim. We have reached the sixth lesson, the sixth lesson. And that is dealing with the shuru't, shuru't salah The conditions and prerequisites for the prayer. qala Imam bin Baz, rahimahullah ta'ala, الدرس السادس the 6th lesson شروط الصلاة the conditions of the prayer شروط الصلاة هي تسعة the, the prerequisites and the conditions of the prayer then they are 9 الإسلام العقل التمييز رفع الهدث إزارة النجاسة سطر العورة دخول الوقت is the conditions of the prayer then they are nine the first of them is Islam Islam the second is the intellect that the intellect has to be present a person has to be sane the third is Tamyiz. That a person has to have reached the age of discretion. The fourth, it is the removal of hadith. Meaning that a person, they enter into the state of purity. So they remove being in a state of impurity. Which means that they come into a state of purity. And that will either by making wudu for the minor impurity to make wudu or tayammum in the absence of water or to make a ghusul if the impurity is the major state of impurity by way in which they would have to take a ghusul. The next is the removal of impurities the removal of impurities whether that be from One's person, or from one's clothes, so on and so forth. The next is the covering of the aura, the covering of the aura. The next is the entering of the time, the entering of the time of the salah. The next is facing the qibla, facing the the qibla, and the ninth is the intention, the intention. All of these have to take place prior to beginning the Salah. And if they are not there, then the Salah, it will not count. It will not be valid. He mentions, he says, in explaining this particular section, he says, salah here Islam that the salah it is the greatest of the pillars of Islam شهادتين, after the shahadatayn after the Shahada so after the Shahada the greatest pillar and we have went over the pillars then it is the salah, the salah. so the salah It is tremendous The most important affair of the abd Is the salah The most important action of the slave Then verily it is the salah And this is a point and a principle That I want everyone who hears my voice To know and to understand Because this is key and vital For their success In this world and the next In this world and the next And that is that they have to Understand That the very most important Affair of theirs Meaning from their actions then it is the salah The salah the salah is more important than work is more important than school it is more important then 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 and we can keep going on the list goes on and on and on the salah is of extreme importance often individuals they will put off their salah not pray it why Because they're at work What's more important? Work or salah? Salah They will put off praying their prayers Why? Because they're at school What's more important for you? School Or your salah? Of course the salah A person will say this The person will say this And they will admit this And they will say yes It's the the salah But yet you find that they will Delay their salah Put off their salah, not pray their salah. Why? Because because of work, because of school, so on and so forth. Now, nah, so when this is the situation, your actions don't coincide with your speech. You're saying one thing, but then you're acting in a manner which is contrary. And this is this is not good. This is this is a recipe for your destruction. That you put everything in front of your salah is a recipe for your destruction. Your salah is the most important of your actions. The shaykh mentions, he says That whoever preserves and safeguards their prayers And They protect their prayers Then they will be safeguarding and protecting their religion You see the connection? Right? You see it? They connect it And this is how things are. Things are not isolated, but they are interconnected. So you'll find that the salah has a direct bearing upon a person's religion. Has a direct bearing upon a person's religion. Because a lot of times people, they make claims. And one of the most famous claims you hear people say, well, I have a good heart. You know, I have a good heart, I have a pure heart, so on and so forth. And usually they say this as a defense for themselves when... They're caught slipping. Then they'll say in response and in defense of themselves, but I have a good heart. Yes, 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 yes. This, this, that, and that. Yeah, I did this. I said that. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. However, I have a good heart. How? How can your heart be possibly good and you are neglectful of your prayers or you don't pray your prayers? How can your heart be good and you don't pray? It's not possible. Um, How can you say, but I have good deen? And you are lacking on your prayers No If you safeguard and protect and preserve your prayers Then your deen will be safeguarded, protected and preserved But if you As the sheikh he mentions He says well, man, But the one who loses it The one who loses out on the salah He abandons the salah Loses out on the salah Neglectful of his salah Or her salah Kana Min amanihi or إضاء, then whatever else from his deeds they're going to be even more neglected that whoever neglects his or her prayers then the rest of their deeds will be even more neglected more neglected excuse me well here Islam and the Salah it is the supporting pillar of Islam Amal, Sala. The acceptance of the rest of your deeds is dependent upon your Sala being accepted. The acceptance of the rest of your deeds from fasting. From giving charity From being righteous to one's parents So on and so forth The acceptance of the rest of your deeds Is dependent Upon the acceptance of your salah فَإِذَا رُدَّتْ رُدَّتْ عَلَيْهِ الأعمال. And if the salah is rejected If it's not accepted Then the rest of the deeds Will not be accepted now, if the salah is not accepted Then the rest of the deeds Will not be accepted Do you see now How the shaitan Tricks, plays With And deceives Those individuals whom he has convinced them That there is virtue for them In fasting in Ramadan Although They don't pray They have abandoned their prayer but he tells them fast on Ramadan, like, so they feel good about themselves, and you're not really that bad because at least you fast Ramadan, and so on and so forth. But if a person that fasts Ramadan but they don't pray the salah, then what? The fasting doesn't count. The fasting doesn't count. You abandon the prayer; it's no fast for you. as the ulama they explain, they mention, Nam, أَوَّلُ The Salat is the first obligation of Islam meaning the first obligation of Islam after the Shahadatain. so I want you to understand the context in which it is being mentioned so it's not misunderstood it is the first obligation after, meaning after the shahadatayn وَهِيَ آخِرُ مَ يُفْقَدُ مِنَ and the Salat is the last thing that will leave from the religion meaning once the Salat leaves then the, the religion is gone when the Salah leaves, the religion is gone. ملا يستقيم الدين المسلم an individuals Islam it will not be correct. It will not be established. It will not stand. Ma'am, without the Salah, the Prophet ﷺ said, "الاحد الذي بيننا وبينهما الصلاة فمن تركها فقد كفر." That means, يعني um, how would you say? That the covenant or the distinction between us and between them Meaning the kuffar is no salah And whoever has abandoned the prayer For qad kafar Then he verily he has disbelieved For qad kafara. This is tawqeed This is an emphasis Na'am. Whoever has abandoned the salah Has disbelieved So if there's no salah, the deen cannot stand. If a person abandons the prayer, intentionally abandons the prayer, so on and so forth, then the deen does not stand. Let me notice the ekhilaf amongst the ulama as relates to those who abandon the prayer out of laziness. Right? Um however, what the ulama agree upon is that those who abandon the prayer because they say they don't have to pray. Or that what they're doing and not praying is is fine for them and perfectly acceptable and they're still in good standings and so on and so forth. Whoever leaves off the prayer intentionally, intentionally, arrogantly, obstinately, then they all agree this person is a kafir, No doubt. Right? But... as far as, the, and then you have others from the ulama, they say that a person who leaves the prayer out of laziness, some of the ulama say they're kufar as well. Others from the ulama, they say, no, not necessarily kufar. This in mere and purely by the abandoning of the prayer. However, so I want you to understand yani the whole of the picture. However, the ulama, they mention, those who say that if a person does not pray, they do not become a kafir automatically. They agree that an individual who has abandoned the prayer has fallen into something that is extremely dangerous. You have from the ulama, like Sheikh Saleh, Abdul Aziz, Al-Sheikh, who mentions that not praying with them within itself is kufr. As the texts point to. However, if a person stops praying, they do not become a kafir automatically. Just like if a person falls into shirk, they do not become a kafir automatically. Why? Because those preventative factors have to be removed. For example, ignorance. Perhaps they did it out of ignorance, they didn't know. So, if they did it out of ignorance, they can't become a Kafir because it was out of ignorance, right? So on and so forth. They were forced into doing it, right? Then they're not a Kafir because they were forced into doing an action of kufr, right? And the like. Okay. Also, the proofs and evidences must be established upon a person to let them know the severity of that in which they have fallen into. So, so the proofs and evidence must be established upon the person that like the salah is wajib, so on and so forth, and, and the prevailing effect is removed. And if this is done, and a person still persists upon not praying, then they become a kafir. Just like the person who has fallen into shirk, once the proofs and evidences are established against them, and the preventative factors are removed, then they become a kafir. So even those are automatically saying, okay, now they don't become a kafir automatically. They all agree that a person has fallen into something tremendously dangerous. Sheikh Saleh, he says they have fallen into kufr. Because not praying is kufr So by not praying They're falling into kufr They're on the verge of becoming a kafir The only thing between them and leaving Islam The establishment of the hujah And all of, and, and all of the preventing factors being removed Is that the state you would like for yourself? Is that the situation you want to be in? Is that the state that you would like for your deen to be in? On the verge of? Do you want to be on the verge of? Right? I mean, if we were standing upon a skyscraper and we were on the roof of that skyscraper, to fall off of the roof is is dangerous. You will die, okay? You're not tethered. There's no safety harness, right? The, yeah, and you're untethered. If you fall, you fall. That's it. You have no parachute, right? You're not going to, you know, jump off and then, deploy your parachute and no 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 if you were in that situation how close would you get to the edge? How close? If you were in that situation, you're on a high building, the high, the tallest building in the world, and you were on the roof, no rope, no tether, no safety harness, how close would you get to the edge? Would you would you how close would you get? The only thing that you will lose in that situation, if that situation came to its 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 most horrible ending, is your, you you will lose your life, right? If a person loses the salah, they lose their deen. Person lose their deen, then for them, is what? Is the hellfire forever? So, without doubt, losing the salah. more dangerous it's more destructive than if a person were to lose their life why because we're all going to lose our lives anyway we're all going to die anyway death is coming to us whether we like it or not whether we accept that fact or we reject that fact and deny it we're in denial it doesn't matter we're going to die anyway however it's not about whether or not we're going to die because we know we're going to die it's about dying in a good way, dying in a good manner, dying while we are obedient unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that's what it means to have a good death. That a person dies while they were striving to be obedient unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they die while they have submitted themselves to Allah as Muslims. And do not die, do not accept death, do not die except that you are Muslims. You are those who ha- are submitting yourselves unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By doing that in which Allah ta'ala has commanded And by staying away from that which Allah ta'ala has commanded you to stay away from So on and so forth Now, This is how we are to die So losing a salat is not, is not an option Just like standing at the edge of a skyscraper And potentially falling over and losing our life is not an option It's not an option The shaykh says And his actions will not be correct Without the salah Without the salah وَلَا يَعْتَدِلُ سُلُوكُهُ فِي شُؤُونِ دِينِهِ وَدُّنْيَاهُ And his actions They will not become Appropriate They will not become upright And moderate And appropriate Inside of his deen Nor inside of his dunya حَتَّى يُقِيمَ الصَّلَاةِ Until he establishes or she establishes the prayer Your life is out of whack Your life is out of whack You're going through trials and tribulations Things are falling out of place Everything seems to be in chaos Refer back to yourself Check yourself Check your salah Perhaps therein is a part of the problem Check your salat because your 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 deen nor your dunya will become upright if your salat is not up is not upright. Until you make your salat upright, then you will find that your affairs will fall into place. Allah Taala says, "What or and seek help you know, in times of, of peril in, in rough times, tough times, right? From those things, those 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 tools by way in which you help get through those times and manage and cope and deal with those times is what is the is the is, is 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 the is is patience and the prayer patience and the prayer so if so if the prayer is is lacking and 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 tremendously damaged then how much more so uh يعني, or how could you possibly expect everything else will fall in place and be fixed until a person establishes their prayer and upon the legislative manner in which it's supposed to be done with the proper belief and the proper worship that they're worshiping correctly in the way that is supposed to be worshiping الله الله وسلم, imitating the prophet until we do this then we should have no hope that our affairs will ever be in order in reality yeah. And and that the establishment of the prayer the establishment of the prayer um the establishment of the prayer that it is a must that an individual therein They pay close attention. They pay close attention to the prerequisites of the prayer. They pay close attention to the prerequisites of the prayer. Because the prerequisites of the prayer are a must in order for the prayer to be accepted. Now, without the prerequisites, then the prayer, it will not be accepted. So they have to pay very close attention to the prerequisites of the prayer. So in order to do that, you have to know what they are. How can you establish something that you're ignorant of it? If you don't know what it is, how can you do it? How can you bring it? And so we have to have a concern to learn and to see what they are. Now, how well are we as relates to paying attention to that which is beneficial for us? Nam. There, how much do you know? When I mean what you know, I mean how much knowledge do you have? I'm not talking about necessarily about the religion with within itself, but in general. How many things do you know? You'll find people, they know the stats of when this sports player, yani, when they were drafted, what round they were drafted in, where they played their college, you know, uh, uh, at where they played college, where, yani, uh, what team they played for in college, right? Who drafted them first? Who traded them, so on and so forth. They know all this stuff, the stats and you know everything. Yeah, they may know uh, games and cheat codes and you know all of these things uh, to play their games and conquer their their virtual, you know, uh, uh, adventures and so on and so forth. Right? They'll know about this celebrity and how many films they appeared in, and this one, and what is their latest record, and all this type of stuff. Right? And they'll know and they'll know and they'll know and they know, know all this stuff. Like. And then you step back and you ask yourself, okay, that knowledge, does that is that a knowledge that benefits you, or a knowledge that hurts you? Is that something that you need to know? Or is that something that you, you follow what I'm saying? Like, how important is that in the grand scheme of things? Like, okay, now you have things that are vital that you have to know. Do you know them? Those things that are vital, do you know them? now nah. So if you know about some of these things of which was aforementioned, but you don't know what is the shirut of salah or janfsak, check yourself. Right? Because something's not right now. You're, you're, you're setting yourself up for loss. Your priorities are not right. If you know about these things and you don't even know that there was such a thing as prerequisites for the prayer, that's a problem. If you know the likes of these things, but you don't know. What you are supposed to know from your akida, from your minhaj—that's a problem. This shows, and this is an illustration, that your priorities are not correct. Your priorities are not straight. Your priorities are awry. This shows that you don't have any true concern for yourself, but that you have been tricked and deceived by the dunya, which is nothing but plain amusement. But it is what—it is an illusion. It's not what's real. What's real is what comes after this. What real is what is forever. So you have become caught up in this temporal realm, distracted, distracted, right? Like an individual distracted by their reflection while they drown in the puddle. Does that even make sense? No. But this is what people are doing, right? if you know about these entertainers and sports figures and politicians and 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 and. But you can't give me the same number of Sahaba that you know about them as intimately as you know about these Kuffar Shame on you, you should be ashamed of yourself You should be ashamed of yourself We have to know if we're going to establish our prayer Then we have to know what are the prerequisites We have to have a concern with the prerequisites so that we fulfill them We have to know what are the Arkan, what are those pillars of the prayer so that, so that we can what, so that we can fulfill them. Because without the pillars of the prayer, then the prayer won't count. We have to know what are the wedgie bats of the prayer. What are the obligatory things that we have to bring inside of the prayer, right? So on and so forth. We also have to know what are the uh, uh, recommended actions of the prayer. So we bring also the recommended actions of the prayer. And the sheikh says, and so a person has to, and then with that, a person has to make jihad against themselves. Nah, you're a mujahid. You should be. Right? Because you should be fighting jihad against yourself. You should be fighting jihad against shaitan. Shaitan is your enemy. You know, this is the reality. Whether it's wartime or it's not wartime, shaitan is your constant enemy. you constantly at war with shaitan. Even under a peace treaty, you're at war with shaitan. Shaitan, he's not going to stop whispering. Right? There's no treaty, no peace treaty with shaitan. There's no ceasefire with shaitan. It's always on with shaitan. He's always trying to attack you, trying to destroy you. So you're, you're constantly at battle with shaitan. You're constantly at battle with the evils of yourself. Now the evils of yourself that whisper to you the haram things, to do the bad stuff, and so on and so on. You're constantly at war with, with the the evils of yourself. Okay? And being at wars with the evils of yourself will be not listening to those evil whispers that yourself may whisper to you. Right? And we're not talking about shaitan. We know shaitan whispers. Okay, that's, that's that's that battle that fight. I'm talking about between you and you. You have to be constantly warring against yourself and resisting the evil that yourself is calling you to. And at the same time, you have to constantly be fighting against yourself and subduing yourself so that you do that which is good. And that you're consistent upon that which is good. And that you excel in doing that which is good. Right? So the fight is always on. So you should be a fighter against your the evils of yourself and a shaitan. That's that's Period. It's period. Okay. And before you can think about anything else. You got you to do that. You can't conquer yourself. You don't conquer nobody else. Yeah, you know, that's the reality. So conquer yourself. Work on conquering yourself. That's what you should be worrying about. Working on conquering yourself. Conquering evils of your soul. So you have to fight yourself. As relates to. Bringing. And praying the prayer in the most complete of manners, right? So bringing all of the recommend rec- recommended acts of the prayer, right? Being consistent and very diligent about the obligatory acts of the prayer and the pillars of the prayer, so on and so forth. The shurut of the prayer. You have, to be, you have to fight yourself and be very diligent upon doing this so that you may pray the prayer in the most complete manner. Bithni Lahi Ta'ala. Which takes effort, which takes effort. And due to this nature And due to this importance And due to this is what we need to establish the prayer So for this Sheikh bin Baz He brought this dars here He brought this class And those lessons or excuse me He brought this lesson and those lessons After this lesson Yani with those yani yeah, I mean, the this lesson and the next following lessons then they are connected to those issues that are attached to the prayer that are connected to the prayer now for so he mentioned the the prerequisites now the prerequisites those things that take place before the prayer actually starts but and he mentioned the arkan those pillars that take place in the prayer the wajibat Take place in the prayer. The sunan take place throughout the duration of the prayer. The Sheikh bin Baz brought these lessons so as to help the Muslim, so as to help the Muslim, so that they may establish their prayer and they may perform their prayers. Upon a manner that is required. So, this is why Sheikh Menbazi brought these lessons. And again, remember that this book is entitled Important Lessons for Every Muslim. Important Lessons for Every Muslim. Naam. And راي, a person praying their prayers and being diligent about their prayers and praying their prayers correctly, this behoves every muslim this is important to every single muslim they have to know these things naam so take an active role and invest in yourself invest in your future by taking these lessons seriously by learning what are the prerequisites of the prayer the Shaykh mentions they are 9 so we should be able to know these 9 bismillah ta'ala naam What it, what, what, what they are, what is entailed by them, so on and so forth. We should know. We should know. So that we may preserve and be diligent upon the preservation of the prerequisites. That we make sure that we are fulfilling these prerequisites. That we are fulfilling these conditions. And likewise the arkan. Likewise the pillars. That we are fulfilling the pillars. And that we are doing them the way that they're supposed to be done. We're doing them the way that the Prophet he told us how to do them. And the wajibat and those obligatory aspects of the prayer. We make sure that we're doing them the way in which the Prophet he, uh, showed us and taught us how to do them. ثم يعني ومن ثم السنن والمستحبات. And also likewise what enters into this at the same time Is that what? Is that we're trying to do those sunnah aspects of the prayer And those recommended aspects of the prayer The way in which the Prophet Sallallahu He taught us how to do them So that we may implement the yani, uh, the command of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Where he said Sallu ra'aytumuni To pray as you see me praying Pray as you see me praying and uh, shaykh ben so that we understand a little better so we may have some more appreciation for the shaykh his knowledge his wisdom the reason that he brought the shurut first the shaykh he mentions he says and he began this discussion about the salah by speaking about the salah, because they come before the salah then, so Sheikh Mubarak, he started by speaking about the shuruut because these shuruut that are connected, these conditions that are connected to the salah, they are prerequisites or conditions. Meaning they take place before you start to actually pray. So you have to talk about them first, right? What tookonubaina yadayha yani liha and These prerequisites, what they do is that they will actually help a person get into the proper disposition and to prepare themselves for the prayer, right? That when a person is concentrating and focusing on the fulfilling of the conditions uh, and the prerequisites, then this will help them get ready for the prayer and it will help them be in the proper disposition for the prayer, the proper mind mind state for the prayer. arkan, And then... El- Sheikh Ben Baz he mentioned the arkan of the prayer next. Na'am, لأنها, uh Because the, the uh, arkan of the prayer, they are connected to the prayer itself because they take place within the prayer and are from the prayer itself. Na'am. And why did he speak about the arkan before the wajibat? Why did he speak about the pillars of the prayer before the obligatory actions of the prayer? The Sheikh he mentions, he says, and he spoke about the pillars of the prayer before the obligatory aspects of the prayer because the pillars of the prayer they are greater they are more significant and they are greater more of a priority right and then he explains why to give us further understanding for because the pillars of the prayer salat. Because the pillars of the prayer will render the prayer null and void if they are abandoned. If a person misses one of the pillars from the prayer, their prayer does not count. Their prayer, it does not count. (laughs) But that which is from the obligatory or an obligatory action of the prayer, either if it is forgotten, Right? For then it will be sufficed and it will necessitate that a person pray a person makes the prostrations of forgetfulness. Now the prostrations of forgetfulness they will fix if a person left off, forgot. When I mean left off, I mean forgot. Not intentionally left off. But they forgot a Obligatory action of the prayer Then The prostrations of forgiveness, the two prostrations of forgiveness, they will Alleviate that and they will mend that And they will fix that hole Okay <speaking in Hebrew> But as far as the Pillar of the prayer Nothing could replace it Nothing could fix it, nothing could patch it over So if you miss a pillar you cannot bring the two prostrations of forgiveness So as to fix that You can't do that Because the two prostrations of forgiveness They will not alleviate and fix that which you have missed But you have to bring the pillar You have to bring the pillar And if you leave off a pillar With sejidat Whoever person leaves off a pillar And then they make two prostrations At the conclusion of their prayer Because he left off a pillar Then his prayer does not count Then his prayer does not count Because the two prostrations They will not fix and patch A pillar that has been left But rather a person has to bring that pillar I'll give you an example from the pillars of the salah is sujood now, but If a person forgets one of the prostrations, I mean, from the, throughout the duration of the of the prayer. Okay, if they forget one of the prostrations in the first rakat, for example, right? So they go through the whole first rakah they make sajda they come up for the for the yani, junsa between the sejda tain, and then they get straight up. They don't make another sajda. Then they go on to pray the rest of the prayer. Then at the end, they bring an, uh sajda to Sehu because they forgot to make sajda in the first rakah. Or they forgot one of the sajdas in the first rakah. Does that prayer count? Does not count. Likewise, rukur is from the pillars of the prayer. If a person prays and in one of the rakah, he forgot the rukur. He got to make rukur. Now, um... And then he prays, uh, did he make sajjah at the end? Does that salah count? No, it does not count. The salah, it does not count. Why? Because the prostrations of forgiveness, they will not mend a a, a pillar that was missed. So it doesn't count. But rather they have to bring that pillar. They have to bring that pillar. So how does this happen? How do you bring a pillar that you forgot? Imam Musani, he mentions that if a pillar is missed, it is not sufficient that a person merely bring that pillar by itself. So in other words, if a person forgot a sajda, right? Or they forgot to make rukur, they At the end of the prayer, they can't just stand up, make Rukur, and then sit back down and then taslim out. No. Or they can't you know, they make the sajda that they forgot and, and, and then, you know, taslim out. No. But rather, they have to bring the whole rakah. Because if you forgot the rukur and you just went straight from standing to sujood or you forgot one of the uh, 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 prostrations and you stood up only after making one prostration, what happened is the whole of that rakah does not count. So you do not count it into the number of what you prayed. That rakah, now you have rendered it null and void, does not count. So as soon as a person forgets to make Rukur and they go straight to sujood, then that rakat is done. It doesn't count no more. Right? So that, that the whole raqa has to be reprayed. The whole raqa. Why? Because that one doesn't count. Right? That makes sense? That makes sense to everyone? So if a person stands up and they forgot to make a yani a sajda, and then throughout the course of the prayer they realize subhanAllah didn't make only made one sajda. Right, I forgot to make uh to make sujood in one of the uh, one, one of the rak'at. then what they do, they subtract that raka'at from the number of raka'ats and they complete the prayer like this. Uh, and then uh, they will make the to Sehu due to that which was uh added to the prayer. Yeah, meaning a whole almost a whole raka'at was added to the prayer. So they will make uh to sehu after the Taslim. This is what the early man they have mentioned, um how you will fix missing a pillar of the prayer so then it becomes what extreme important that we know what are the rest of the pillars of the prayer what are the rest of the pillars of the prayer so that we know how to fix them in the event that we leave them uh however before doing that before getting to the pillars we have to deal with what with the conditions so this is the reason why the sheikh he mentioned what he mentioned and he brought him in order he brought him that he brought the 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 prerequisites the conditions why because they take place before the prayer and then he brought the Arkan. Why? Because they, within the prayer, they are the most vital aspects of the prayer. So it's a, such as if they are missed, then the prayer doesn't count. And Sejit Sehu will not fix them. And then after mentioning the Arkan, he mentioned the Wajibat. Why? Because the Wajibat, they have to come. And if they are missed, they could be fixed by Sejit Sehu. So he started yani like this. Um, due to the aforementioned reasons, so inshallah Taala, we will get into the pillars of the prayer. First, going over what is a pillar, what what does that mean, what is its definition, and then to get into what we can get into from the pillars of the prayer inside of the the next class inshallah Hu Taala. Fa naktafi we have al Qadr. Muhammad, wa وَجَزَاكُمَ اللَّهُ خَيْرًا